You must be like the wolf pack, not like the six pack. Teamwork. Yes! Welcome to another episode of There's No I In Podcast, a podcast about teams. Uh, it's a podcast about being in teams. It's a podcast about leading teams. It is a podcast about making the most out of whatever team you are in. My name is Mark Johnson. I'm a performance teacher and a performance maker. And I am joined, as always, but in a, a special fashion today by my partner in Pod, head of sport and co-curricular at our shared workplace, Sean Gallagher. Hello, Sean. Hello, Mark. We're going to get my uh, title right one day on this podcast. What are we calling you? Head of Co-Curricular and Sport. Head of Co-Curricular and Sport. What am I calling you? Head of Sport and Co-Curricular. Or sometimes Sports Coach. Or sometimes something else. Is there there a difference? Of course, there's a major difference. So we are coming at you today, uh, speaking of job titles, where I have, have... not just become a performance teacher and performance maker as usual, but I'm now the head of drama at our shared workplace. Uh, And we're actually, uh, again, we are out and about. We are recording this whilst on a walk, so the sound should be quite interesting. Yes, I hope you're enjoying the leaves and the traffic that is South East London, um, because I'm in Mark's neck of the woods. We will get over to West one day. But no, this is interesting, this is different. This is a new modality for us. So one of the things I wanted to talk about today, because we don't have a guest today, you just get to listen to Sean and I, was uh, we have both started a new term at our shared workplace, a college, and we've managed to set up a whole bunch of new teams. Uh, Some of them that we are specifically coaching or directing ourselves some of them that we are supervising or responsible for, or we're just watching them get made around the college. Uh, And I thought it might be interesting just to dig in a little bit on what our process is, what your process is as a sports teacher and a sports coach, and what my process is as a performance teacher, as to how we go about setting that tone, and whether there's anything that we have picked up, learned across the the last 40-odd episodes, that we are now applying to how we make our teams work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're right in everything you've just said there in terms of like whether it's us running that team or we're kind of poking our heads into another team being set up and formed or we're assisting in that team being set up and formed. Um, we're definitely kind of in that mode at the moment. Um, I think first and foremost, it's quite tricky for us where we don't have all of our kind of chess pieces lined up on the board straight away. What do you mean by that? So where we have students filtering in at different times. Right. Where we have students sort of trialling if we look at sports teams or maybe coming in slightly late and joining, you know, drama as a subject um, or a musician comes in late or we only discover someone has some musical talent and is actually confident enough to come forward maybe after certain things have already started. With that being said, it's 
like we've said before, it's not like you're taking your year sevens into year eight, eight into year nine, etc. And looking at that more specifically, there was a rugby festival with some of the best rugby schools in the country uh, taking place, uh, I believe, last week. Mm. And uh, Millfield School won it, um, which will be familiar with a lot of people. Millfield, um, very, very well known for their sporting endeavours as a school. Absolutely, absolutely. And it was interesting because this was actually on YouTube, um, like filmed to a high quality, so you can watch all of the games. And um, they interviewed their captain afterwards and he said, you know, what does it, that, that he was interviewed, what does it mean to you to kind of win this? Because this is the best of the best schools playing each other in a, in a tournament. So, you know, right. this is high level stuff. Um, and, you know, he said, well, this group's been together since year 10. And now obviously these boys in many cases are year 13. Right. So that's four years. Um, Which is longer than we will have anyone in our building. Exactly. Exactly. And when you did see the togetherness of when they won, they were ecstatic. They really were ecstatic. And no one was trying to be too cool for school. No one was trying to play down that victory and what it meant to them because or maybe it wouldn't look so cool. They were really going for it. It really meant something to them. You could see it. They'd grown into it. Yeah. They had aimed for it. Yeah. And it meant something to them. And I don't think that comes just in six months, no. in a year. It really does take time. And so without making excuses, I think when we talk about new teams, it can be pretty difficult for us because we almost have to do that on steroids. Yes, so I, I just, <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I just want to say that, that if there's something that I am doing differently now as a result of the podcast, one of them is behaving somewhat like a whole bunch of stuff is in place. A whole bunch of rules, ideas, culture is and has always been there so that it does feel kind of seeped into the walls uh, and, and been quite explicit about that. So I, I tended in the past in different environments, and I'll admit there are other environments where I do this differently but I tended in the past to treat a group as an organization that has to find itself. So we will know who we are by being who we are. And, and when it comes to the, the school groups, the school teams now, I am I'm considering the school, the college, as a member of the group that brings their own thing and that, has, that is there before you get in the room. And so I have been repeating some phrases quite a lot. I think the phrase that I've repeated the most, both to my drama students and my PT group, is this idea of, are you walking in the room looking to be better than the last time you were here? And I think that that is not something I would normally make explicit, but because it's something that grows, some, that sense of responsibility to the group grows over time, but without the luxury of time, I've been trying out saying that straight away. We are not here to not do our best work. Just to see what happens. And it's, had quite, a, it's quite, had quite an interesting and positive impact, particularly 
outside of the drama stuff with my personal tutor group who benefit from just a reminder every day that we can be better than we were yesterday at whatever it is we choose because that choosing what to be good at feels like something that does end up lacking in a young person's kind of emotional vocabulary or sets of goals. Yeah, and I mean, we, we both have year 11 groups. Yeah. And I do think that's quite a pivotal stage because they're, they're too old to baby them too much. Yeah. They want to be older. They want, they, they're looking to be treated in a certain way, but they haven't yet had opportunities to behave in that way. Exactly. And they're also just not year 12 and 13 <laughs> yeah. students with loads of gaps and should have that self-reliance and that self-responsibility as much as we want them to. So yeah. they, they sit in a weird place and it's also a really important year for them in terms of uh, their, their progression, their progression. And, and yeah. exams and such. And so I do think that it is really important to go in early with them and almost, you know, pretend that a yes. bunch of stuff is already yes. is already in place and Part, that this is how we run. because they will have had a version of that, yeah. one hopes, from whatever school they've come from. Absolutely. Where they are used to being told that this is how things work in a way that it's maybe our job to adjust them slightly into doing it intrinsically rather than extrinsically. Yeah, and I think that we've spoken a lot about how structures can... Uh, help a group to feel safe yeah and so i think that by providing that bit of structure that maybe year 12 and 13 students don't necessarily need also provides that bit of safety for those yes. students in year 11 to so, start to flex their muscles then, or yeah. step a little bit further away from yeah exactly and so yeah just just i just thought for context saying what year group we're working with 15 year olds in in, in the most part is important when you're saying about setting those standards early and those expectations early. And I think that going back to a team, recently, I think it's a good segue, uh, recently, you know, our, one of our main men, Dr. Matt Slater. Um, <laughs> hey, Dr. Matt, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> he done a talk, uh, it was called Profs in the Pav, which I quite liked as a, as a, as a name. Sean has downed many a pint in the pavilion after a match. <laughs> I liked it, and Matt is with the University of Staffordshire. And, um, and he basically put on an hour talk, which was a team talk, um, as it was referred to. And it was offered online uh, for free. So thank you very much to the university, because I think that's awesome to put that out there. Uh, for people and yeah, I really enjoyed it. It, it. it touches obviously on all of the themes of the book, uh, togetherness, which we've mentioned before. Yeah. And it is just all about that togetherness, but it, the book is done in such a way where it literally is just like a manual. You know, it really is step by step. And to sort of circle back round to us talking about new teams, there is his three R model approach to trying to get that togetherness and there's lots of different things that you can worry about with a newly formed team. But I think if you can, if you can lean in on togetherness, yeah. I think you're in a, in a pretty good place. So one of the things that I've been doing and that is working in that respect is the cast for, the, for the, this year's school play, we'll call it, uh, school production. And uh, with limited time, 
I would usually just jump straight in and do and start rehearsing. We have been 100% starting with a uh, very simple ball game, a keep it, keep it up in the air ball game. And it's our way of collecting us together while like in a, in a micro version of what you were talking about, the macro version of people aren't all there at the same time. People take a little bit of time to get in the room. That's what this game is doing. It's happening when, as soon as the second person gets into the room, the game starts, and then it's happening collecting people along the way until we are all together. And once everyone who's gonna be in the room is in the room, then we start the work. And that, that has felt very effective for me in terms of just setting our tone of we're not, we're not gonna do this without the people we need. Absolutely, I mean, so with, these, with this 3R model, mm. number one is reflect. Yeah. So we basically use as a term that is be a connoisseur of your team. Yeah. So know your team inside out. That's difficult. And this is why there aren't, you know, there's a small amount of high performing teams, right? Uh, and, and, and there's a small amount of teams that have a real overt, obvious um, togetherness. Although, and we are talking about here, and this is important, like this is, this is team leadership. So if you run a team, whilst to be the most performant team you can be, this might be a, a delicate skill, for any team leader, know your team, ideally, particularly in the context of the team activity. So when in the room, and we've, you know, we've gone through episodes where we're talking about uh, like what's our role, what's our function, what do I, what's my strength, what comes naturally to me. As organizationally, as team captain or team leader, yes, you should be the person who knows that for everyone. Uh, and yeah, it might be better than anyone else, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be reserved for the for the All Blacks. It should be like, humanity. <laughs> no, absolutely, and empathy certainly came into that. Yeah. Um, however, again, it's all context, and I, I I don't like to be the the excuse maker. I just but just in a realistic sense for people who are listening, going, that's all well and good, but like. I don't have a professor coming in to yeah. work with my group of uh, uh, my, my group for two years and to run through these three uh, models with And me. also I've been chucked into this team with some guys from work that I don't really know or get on with. Ex exactly, exactly. So, you know, there, there is that to take in. And just going back to us and our, and our environment, we've got students from all different nationalities, cultures, different backgrounds in terms of their schooling, some from more traditional backgrounds, some from less traditional backgrounds. Yeah. So putting them all together and then like having it nailed down as to what your team is after yeah. three, four weeks isn't realistic, you know? It isn't, but you can be reflective on the time that you've spent together. And if you're noticing the right stuff, all of that feeds in. All of that becomes yeah. the, your understanding of the landscape of you, your team. And, and, and basically, like you said, like you've got to do the work. Yeah. And so if you really, if you're sitting there smashing your head against the wall, because you're going, this team doesn't feel together, then I think you need to reflect back on yourself and yeah. say, well, what have I put in yeah. place? What things have we what tried have I to tried put together? And how do they respond to it? When I ask them to do this, who does what? Exactly. You know, exactly. Who's the person sitting out of the game? Who's the person who 
is on their phone, who's the person chatting away exactly. when someone else is doing something. And, and for me, uh, it does require the instruction of saying to people, this is how we work here. If we need to get to that kind of group understanding of how we work quickly, sometimes it does mean going, this is how we work here. So uh, although I agree with it might come from, we might need to tell them, yeah. in this 3R model and some of uh, Matt Slater's work, um, and we have spoken about this before, but it's, it's getting the values and what we are as a team from the team. Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple of different activities, and that's what's really good about the book as well, is there's literally activities that you can go and do with your team, which I, I intend to do, to ask these certain questions. And it is, what do we look like as a team? What do we stand for as a team? Yeah. And you get this to, you, you do this individually to see what they come back with, because you could think we are one thing. So if you're in a drama production and you're putting that together, you may think that one of the values is excellent, potentially. Yeah. You may think what this group wants is to be excellent in this performance and to deliver an excellent performance. Yeah. And then everyone goes away and individually writes down what the team means to them and what they think they're there for. And they all come back and say fun and development. Yeah. So, you're sitting there driving all of your standards of excellence. They're sat there going, I want to really have fun with this and I want to develop. Sure. So something about that, and this is, this is a lesson for me and maybe you and uh, maybe people out there, that part of that for me then comes from a really specific invitation so that so that you don't get to that point where you're on completely different pages by, by painting a picture up front of what the room might be like. So I have a couple of different drama groups. One of them is, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you've done this before, there's a place for you in this room and you will get better at it. So that being the invitation, what I don't want is heroes. What I don't want is like superstars going, I'm better than everyone else and not having that knowledge and adding into it so it's my responsibility to help everyone get better because the invitation at the start before like your choice to be in the room comes from the this is the room you're stepping into so that's where I would hope that there would be a sense of coherence already before we get before we get to that to that point of questioning of, of being of being in the opposite but like, yeah, I, don't, I, I, don't I don't disagree with anything you've said yeah is what I'm saying yeah <laughs> I, I don't know because like right now I, I find the question of who are we as a team and kind of what what are we here for I can honestly say I'm not too sure with two of the teams I work with mm. sports teams I don't know the answer to that yeah because I've not asked it yeah. so I have an yeah. assumption but that assumption could be completely wrong. Sure. So I, I genuinely couldn't tell you what their purpose is to be there. If I had to guess, if, I'm, if, I, if I fast forward this, this meeting and they all sit down and do their individual values of what it, or, or you know, what they want to get out of the experience, I'm probably going to say there's social elements. Yeah. There are physical elements. They want to get fitter. 
they want to work together as a team, um, and maybe they want to develop their skills. They might be three themes that come out, but I have no idea. They could turn around and go, I want to win every single game, and I want to be the best version I can be in these two years with yeah. this team, or this one year with this team. That's my goal. So my question for you then is, uh, 10 out of the 11 players, no, I'm going to make it easier on you. Nine out of the 11 players are there socially. Two of them are there to, to create a stepping stone to the premiership. Yeah, I think... How do you approach that? So, so then I think the coach has to decide whether they go with the majority or not. Yeah. And in most cases, in a democratic society, <laughs> you, do tend, yes, you yeah. do tend to go with the, 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 um, the majority, right? And so then it's about more so, I would say, that the, the question becomes on those two players because yeah. you can say are to them, still in? are yeah. you still in? Because this is what it is and, and you've made that pretty, pretty clear that this is what it is, that this is a social group. You know, if you're, if you're a woman and you used to play netball and you were good yes. and you've just gone back in after 15 years out and you go back to sort of uh, back to basics netball and you turn up on a Wednesday and you play in a league, yeah. then you're in a social league. Yeah. And I think social is the, is the main thing there, right? So if you think that you're going to go be the best player in that social league or you think that your team should go win every single game and be playing at X amount of levels and be training three times a week, I think that that's not a fair assumption and you maybe need to go somewhere you're else. In the wrong room, you're yeah. in the wrong room. So I'd probably say to those two people, I would give them the option. And maybe that if we make this more corporate now and move away from schools and, and young people, I think that's a question for you being in a company. Yeah, it's, and that's a tough one because it, it's tied to livelihood as much as anything else. You know, the choice of whether or not you're staying with it is as much to do with whether or not you can afford to Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If, if you just move that to one side, though, and you're looking at maybe yeah. even the team yeah. that you're in, yeah. not necessarily the company, but yeah. even just the team you're in. Am I in the right team within this company? You know, but yeah, of course, I think we, we always have to say financially that is a question that you have to ask yourself when you're talking about, should I be here or should I, should I not? So we're coming back after a short uh, coffee break. Uh, we sat down and had uh, not a Gale's coffee, but I will take this as an opportunity to remind people that if you want to buy us a coffee, you can go to uh, ko-fi.com slash noipodcast. Uh, there's a link in the show notes and you can buy us a coffee. Uh, <laughs> by which we mean, uh, chuck us some money. If, you th if you've got some, any value out of this, uh, you can throw us a little bit of coin to treat ourselves. And today's coffee, because we do like our coffees, was from... Uh, it was from Coleman's. So it was an uh, independent South London roaster, uh, and they have a shop on Lower Marsh, uh, and we just went to a place in Vauxhall that does it as well. So Coleman's Coffee, uh, you can sponsor us if you want. <laughs> uh, so returning to the subject of the three R's, the first one we talked about was reflect. Do you have anything to finish on reflect? No, I think that was good. I think we're, we're moving into sort of represent uh, next. So Our number two, represent. Yeah, so that is basically looking at the kind of champion the team's interests and putting the we before me. Okay. So uh, Dr. Matt Slater, when he, you know, when he does this book and when he was talking about it in the, in the 
uh, aforementioned uh, Pav talk. talk. Pav talk. Profs at the Pav. Yeah, the we before me is a big part of it. And togetherness, I would say, if we could sort of boil it down to something, it's putting others and the team and the yeah. group putting, before Not just others, but putting the others that you are a collective with. So it's not yes. just like, they deserve it more than me. It's, we are a thing, that thing is, is for, a, for a particular time at least, more important than just me. Absolutely. And so putting that before me, yeah, is really important. So the we before me, and this is the kind of role modeling part yeah. that he speaks about. Walking so, the walk. That you're, that you're putting on the wall and you're talking. And you're, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you can't be the coach who said timing is super important. And then be late. And then be late <laughs> all the time. You know, and it's a tough one because yeah. I think the role modelling is a difficult one because if you set the high standard and then your bus was 10 minutes late, it's no good telling that to the group that, you know, you, you had these shared values of timing as an important. E as an example, on a piece of work with the PT group, I, I remember making a big deal about it being a, a space free of judgment and then I sarcastically and a little bit humorously but also a little bit not said something kind of judgy and one of the students called me out and they said I thought this wasn't the place for that and I had to cop to it and say yeah I'm sorry that was that was that was not how we ha we, we've said we behave here. Absolutely, and if you're, you know, any, any coach or someone who's directing something or you're a team leader, there is the leadership in there. Yeah. And so if you're going to stand up on your pedestal and say, these are what we care about and this is what I care about and we all agreed on this, yeah. and you're like really drumming that in all the time because consistency is yeah. super important to all of this. And you've written it up and you've put it on the wall because yeah. that... that part of that process of naming all of these qualities and values, it, like, it helps to make them visible. So I've got on most rehearsal rooms a, a series of those on the wall for how we're going to be in this room. Yeah, and so you can't really do that and then you don't, you don't sort of go along yeah, with the values yourself. Pull you a don't curtain over them. it and, and yeah. pretend like we didn't say it. Yeah, exactly. So, but at the same time, I think that we're all human and yeah. we're always going to make mistakes and we're never going to be 100% perfect. And I think if you can empathise with your team and your group not yeah. being 100% perfect all the time, then hopefully they'll do the same for you. And here's the thing, and I think that we invite it, but we don't always live by it. This is where it becomes super important to not bullshit that first step. So when you say, these are the things that are important to me, these are the behaviours I expect, there is a... There is a... Like, don't make them unattainable? But just don't lie. Yeah. Because you're not going to be living those values. You're not going to be acting up under those circumstances if you're having to work really hard to be a person that you have never been. Like, yes, there is an ideal for growth and for, for improvement within this team environment, but if you say something that's completely out of the scope of who you are as a human being, that's going to be really tough to live by that. But that, and absolutely, and that's why I think it was super important in your reflect stage for the group to decide who we are. Yeah. Because if we say we are a social netball women's team, 
who don't train, we just rock up at seven o'clock on a Wednesday. So you all agree yeah. that you're there for a bit of fitness and to go back to enjoying something that you maybe done as a kid um, and, and, and do it for social reasons, right? But like we said before, if you're doing that because you want to go up and play in the Super League, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Like, so that's why, like you said, hopefully you figure out what you are. And so abiding by, sounds a bit strong, but abiding by those values of the team should be realistic to follow yeah. because you're not saying to a, a 16, 17 year old student, you should be in the gym three times a week. You should be 10% body fat you should be Cristiano Ronaldo because it's not attainable, it's not realistic, and it's not who we are as a group. So going back to Millfield Rugby's senior team, what their values and goals and, and, and who they think they are as a group will be different yeah. from the students that we work with because of context and because of their environment and you know who they are. So I think that's really nailing that is key. Um, but it's difficult. And, you know, I'm probably now only at the stage of sort of forming these conversations that I'm going to start to have. Because as I said at the very beginning of the episode, we've only just started to get who that team's yeah. going to be. And that's with having some fixtures in there. We've had some fixtures. Um, it's still very early doors, only two, two fixtures uh, for both teams. But you know, we now need to nail down what that group's going to look like. And that's where I'm going to have these conversations and we're going to have a group meeting and we're going to watch a talk by someone called Alistair McCaw, who we've not touched on yet in the episode, but I would highly recommend Alistair McCaw. He's a performance coach. He's worked uh, sort of around culture. He's written, I believe, three or four books, does a bunch of talks, has worked with a bunch of high performing teams. Um, and uh, he's based out in Florida. Um, but yeah, so you can check out Alistair McCaw. Um, and in November, he's doing a webinar that uh, me and our groups uh, at school, the sports teams are gonna watch. And so I hope to bring that back to the podcast uh, with some of the learnings there. And that's called the uh, seven traits of a champion-minded athlete. Mm. Um, I might be paraphrasing there a little bit, but yeah, he has these traits and he calls them champion-minded traits. And uh, yeah, it's gonna all be about the athlete opposed to so much the coach yeah. and what the athlete can do. Because I think that's a big part of this as well. We can set these three R's up, but I do think like we've spoken about before, there needs to be some buy-in from yeah. who you're working with. And maybe that comes out of who we are. Yeah. Like, are we a group and that how, wants and to buy how, into And this? how it's modeled. Yeah, and so how we've it's got, modeled. So we've got understanding who you are through this reflective process. We've then got walk the walk, talk the talk through this. And we before me is, is yeah, massive this, this, on this, this represent. represent those values or those team qualities. What's the third one? And then, thank you, you're doing my job on this podcast of tying this <laughs> in, so thank you. I think maybe the walk, once I start walking, my brain goes to mush. Yeah. And just to paint a picture, we're currently walking past Surrey County Cricket Club. Yeah, we're at the um, we're at the Oval, so um, yeah, just, just to paint a picture for you guys. So, third R. So, third R is realise. Okay. So, it's the doing, really. Yeah. This is all about kind of living out your shared values, so putting together programmes, plans, activities that align with who we are, 
and fulfill our ambitions, achieve the collective vision. That is gotcha. direct quote out of the book. Gotcha. I hope Dr. Matt Slater doesn't mind that. Uh, we did pay for the uh, copy. So. so yeah, so that's about, I think the continuity. Yeah. I think it's about the consistency. So I think it's also for, for uh, uh, those of us who are leading teams of young people, putting, creating environments and activities and exercises that are designed specifically to bring out the things that we've said we're going for. If we, here's an example that you might, you might have experienced. So we're a football team. We know that we're, we're not top of the premiership. We know that as, as people were in it socially, a heartbreaking loss is going to demoralize us and make us enjoy the social aspect less. It's going to put us in a position to judge each other. So as a coach, should you be booking the, the millfield? Should you be booking your, like your opening match where you know we're going to lose and we're going to lose by a lot? This feels like a personal attack. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because but th but this because is what I mean. we are picking, we are picking very sporty Lim schools limited to play, op limited options, and we are, you know, not doing so well against but, them. So. But you're, but you're also saying, like, but this is what I mean. If, if the team had decided as a group that we wanted to be elite, then very true. Yeah. Hitting then the millfield. Uh, or other elite squad is who you should be looking at. Yes, and so you, should, you know, they're who you should be playing. Yes, you will get hammered, but it's your opportunity to learn towards what you want to learn. If you're there for the laugh, then maybe that's just a, that's just a fixture that's going to demoralize everyone and there's not the same kind of learning environment there. So I think that's a really interesting point because, and you're literally, I'm now thinking just about that as, as we speak. And it kind of goes back to the fact that by now, after I should know what kind of level of student I'm going to be working with, regardless of if they come in for one year or two years, I should have a gauge after five, six years of what we're going to get through the door. Now, you always get surprised um, by, by one or two individuals who maybe played at a higher level than you expected, yeah. but we should have a gauge of Pleasantly what I'm working surprised. with. Pleasantly surprised, yeah. But... You could argue that my uh, philosophy of playing better teams in order to develop... To get better. To get better is maybe... Could be the wrong approach, going off of what you've said. Yeah. On, that, on that, does it fit with... Does it do what the team have said they're in the room to do? Exactly. And... I think the only difficulty with that is just the way the cog works in terms of school fixtures, you have to get them in so far advanced yeah. that to sit down with a group and say, who do we want to play is, is tricky to do, but not impossible. I think what I have done is we've played age groups lower than us, yeah. but in very good schools because the standard is still very high. Maybe just dropping down a year group um, and playing, say, their A team and stuff like that. And, and that has been really positive. But it's interesting that to say, yeah, like, let's say you were more of a social group or an adult team and there were three different leagues. Would it be a good conversation to have with your group and say, do we want to get, do we do we get demoted? Yeah. Do we want to get promoted? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you're probably going to lose more games than you win this year just based on the level that we're going into. Does that appeal to you more? From a divert, divert. Than winning loads, but knowing that 
you're not having to play up to your highest level. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. And to be honest, I kind of done it with a football team um, where we sort of have played in a league before with similar schools. Um, and I basically took the decision this year to not go back into that or to even seek that out because I wasn't sure it was doing what I wanted it to do for us. Yeah. And so I've gone and looked for more 11 aside fixtures against big schools with 800 boys, etc., where the odds are against us just in terms of the numbers that we can, we can have, that I can select from. But it's probably better for them to develop. And you just, know, to, so. just to frame my version of that, is I'm about to set up a new group of theatre practitioners, young people, where we can't, because of the place we have chosen to perform and the environment we've chosen to perform in, which is a festival and a competition, we can't put ourselves in a position to be bad for the sake of learning. We need to invite a different type of, of group member who is on the page of we're here to make the most interesting work, the most relevant work, the highest quality work, because we are choosing to be judged in a different way. Absolutely. I mean, we, we went in for a netball tournament, um, and this is some of the best teams, you know, in the country um, that go into this tournament. And we're playing senior teams, you know, so we're playing our age group. We don't get the bent, we don't get the opportunity to go down the age group because you have to go in for the age group that you're at. And uh, you know, we lost quite heavily in that in that match. But even seeing, kind of, yeah, that's not really an opportunity to develop. I mean, it it can be, but it it was also quite demoralising. Um, I was really pleased with the team and how they how they went about it um, because it was tough throughout the four quarters. But yeah, it's that environment where is, is this developing us or is this just hindering yeah, us making, almost? Making us not want to do the work to yeah. get better because what's the point? Yeah, and it's a, it's a really tough one to get right. Um, but yeah, so I think, so re going back to realize kind of, it is those activities like you said. And I think, you know, when we were speaking to Chris, Shambrook on our previous episode and looking at those sort of team builders and stuff like that you know I think he was quite keen on there's a lot you can do internally and asking the right questions yeah. out of your group if togetherness or if making you more high performance is what you're looking yeah. for does it make the boat go faster is a question you ask after do we want the fastest boat yeah ex exactly so like you don't need to go away for the team builder necessarily if, if the team builder is just there as a nice to have, and that's what you're using it for, if you just want to go away to go away and make it a social thing, absolutely fine, like crack on and enjoy that for what it is. But if you're hoping that it's all of a sudden gonna make you a better team, yeah. potentially not. It's prob probably not doing that job. Yeah opposed to sitting down and maybe asking some of yeah. these questions and these three R's oh, about who we are, and, it's probably gonna fast forward that together. Yeah, and in particular, like, and we've talked about the what sometimes feels like the pointlessness of an away day. This, yeah, this that's what I was trying to refer to. Is the best way to uh, is the the action you take once you understand 
what the away day is for so that you can choose the activity, you can choose the facilitator, you can choose the exercise. That builds what you're trying to build in your away day. Absolutely, like be more, be more explicit in what you're trying to yeah. get out of it, um, for sure. And I think that, you know, again with this realize, it's then doing these things, I think consistently, asking these questions consistently, going back to activities, that are meaningful regularly to continue to bring that together. Because if you just ask these questions about who we are in the reflect stage and you do it at the beginning of the season and then you never touch it and you never ask these questions again or you never check in on You never go, things. are we those people yet? Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, is, do we still want to be those people? Exactly. Or if we stop, um, if we stop representing yeah. the values, if we stop doing those things, if we start to be late, if we start to think about I before we, if we start to do those things, then those things creep in to, to our weekly sessions yeah. as a group, then, you know, you're not realising what you've put into place. So, and also I think, that, and this is something for the team leader to check in, or at least invite everyone else to check in, is when you are contributing those individual, this is who I want us to be, is that we're not just taking our own thing on and ignoring everyone else's so that it's not just a bunch of individuals doing their thing separately and the outcome being that again we don't develop as a team we don't have togetherness because i put on a post-it note i think it's important to be as best as we can be and someone else put on a post-it note i just want to feel comfortable with the, you know, get to know more people and individually they're doing them on separate tracks yes Absolutely. And so that is... The three R's. The three R model. That has been taken from page 31 of Togetherness uh, book. That is one page, Mark. Yeah. So think about the usefulness of this being a manual, of this being a pathway... And just looking over your shoulder at togetherness. it... Like, it is, it is basically... It's, it's a book full of ideas followed up by practical applications of those ideas. So it, it, it is, uh, I said it looks like an exercise book, like you might get in a class, to, yeah, to give you stuff to do to develop team, team coherence. Absolutely, it packed into a 104 pages. Which if we do a, a podcast per page, that's, that's <laughs> our next 100 episodes. <laughs> it's all locked in, it's all locked in. But no, I think today we did want to have a chat, we did want to check in. Um, obviously, we have been away. We really, really enjoyed the Chris Shambrook uh, episode. Um, so much. And, um, you know, we are obviously back at work, um, and that brings its... Chall challenges, challenges guest-wise. Yeah, challenges guest-wise, kind of but um, we continue to persevere and to push on. And, yeah, as I said, we wanted to check in. And I just wanted to, you know, I think where we're talking about newly formed teams, the three R's is a great place to start. So hopefully you found today quite informative and kind of easy to maybe try and put some of those three R's into some teams that you, you're newly forming. I certainly did, and I will definitely be bringing those in. And uh, just, just, yeah, would say the, this, the, the conversations that we've had on this podcast, you know, they have started making it into my regular team building practice that, that the way that I run a team has changed thanks to what we talk about every week uh, and hopefully we'll continue to do so because it means that we're being reflective as well 
So that's basically it for today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on this walk. Uh, if I, if I uh, check my steps in the show notes, I will leave how far we travelled. Just a reminder that you can hit us up on social media at Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email, Mark or Sean, at noipodcast.show. And you can uh, connect with us on LinkedIn, which is a super fun way to find out what we've been thinking about, what we've been talking about. Uh, I've mentioned buying us a coffee. Please do that. Uh, we're not begging, but, you know, it's always nice to treat ourselves. And uh, we will be back with another episode very very soon uh, all that's left is for me to say goodbye from Sean goodbye guys and goodbye from me goodbye you must be like the wolf pack not like the six pack teamwork yes